0: Matthew 13, look at verse number 47. Bible says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. This is the seventh parable dealing with the net that was cast into the sea. Now back last lesson, we looked at the parable of the pearl. We we talked about pearls in an oyster. Oyster comes out of the sea. We went to Isaiah chapter 17. And we talked about how that verse talks about many people which make a noise like a noise of the seas. We talked about the rushing of nations, like the rushing of mighty waters. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters. And we, we tied that in to that parable. And then Revelation 17, we look at the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. And then we look at the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are people and multitudes, and nations. So in that parable of the pearl, we saw those nations uh, represented in, in the sea there, representing Gentile nations. And who do we say was the merchant man? Merchant man we saw in that parable last week was Jesus Christ. And through his death, he will be able to redeem people out of those nations and put them into him, into Christ. And we, we, we saw that. it's has been looking at pulling people out of those nations. And now we come to another parable, this parable of the net. And you're pulling this net. If you're a fisherman, it comes out of what? The sea. Okay, So people are involved in this. And uh, let's see here again, verse 47. Bring our thoughts back to this verse. Kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. This gathering here, which when it was full, it says, verse 48, they drew to the shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. We're taking a bit of a shift now. And this shift is moving. We, we, you see how we talked about, well, let's not go back and review. Let's, let's move it forward. We have a shift now because we see a few things in this parable. One of them is the phrase, end of the world. And we see that in verse number 49. So shall it be at the end of the world. What does that give you in the parable? That gives you a specific what? Time. What time is that? That is going to be the last week of prophetic fulfillment that is left in Daniel's prophecy. We all know that there's one week of prophecy left. That's Daniel's 70th week. So we have a specific time frame and we see this phrase, the end of the world. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Let's get get a, a good lesson on this that we understand this parable in its time frame and its context. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. You know what, back up to verse 6. 1 Corinthians 10, look at verse 6. The Bible says, Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. You see the contrast? There are some people that are going to lust Don't you do that. What does verse 7 say? Neither be ye idolaters as were sons. Same idea. Are there going to be idolaters? That would be a yes. Don't you be an idolater? Pretty clear contrast. Verse number 8. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. Contrast again. Here's what people do. Here's what God's telling us not to do. Okay, don't you get involved in that type of type, type of jump? Look at verse number nine. Neither let us tempt Christ. What do you think is going to follow? As some, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. See the Old Testament uh, references back to to Moses, but we're looking at the contrast. The verse. What's the one in verse ten? Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmur. See all these contrasts? There's going to be people that are going to do some murmuring. Don't you be one of them. Verse 11. Now, all of these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition. See the end of the verse? Upon whom the ends of the world are come. What does that mean? That means... It doesn't matter if you're on the righteous side or the unrighteous side. It doesn't matter if you're on the idolatrous side or the not idolatrous side, the murmur side or the non-murmuring side. Concerning the end of the world, it doesn't matter to Christ because whatever side of the coin you are on, it is not going to stop his plan and it is not going to stop his purpose to do what? To come and set up his kingdom. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about here. At the end of the world. And it's not going to change God's promise. So we see that phrase in 1 Corinthians 10. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now when Adam fell. What was set upon the earth. A world system. The world, when Adam fell, was set upon the earth. And all of us, because we are in Adam, or in that world system until what moment? We come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and all of our trust we put upon his cross And now we are not in the world anymore, even though that world system is still set upon the earth, we are placed into whom? You got it. The Lord Jesus Christ. Go to Psalms 22. Go to Psalms 22. Psalms 22. Look at verse 27. Psalm 22. Verse 27. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. This all the ends of the world is is concerning people. Verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. Has he set up his physical kingdom yet? He has not yet. That's going to come at the end of the world. When this world system that was set upon the earth. Will no longer have any reign or rule ever again on the earth. Because Christ is going to set up his kingdom when? When he ends the world. That world system is going to come to an end. The end of the world. Verse 29. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship so see that just throw out your new year's resolutions whatever they were it's good to be fat <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only kidding that's but they said I heard one preacher say one time he said uh, it's okay to be to be uh, to be big he was a big old boy big old preacher he said, "It's okay to be big. It's okay to be fat." He said, "Whoever heard of a, whoever heard of a skinny cow?" And he went through these examples. He he got a laugh. He made it work. He was like 300 pounds. It says, "What does it say? Eat and worship, and they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him." It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born that he hath done this. Okay, a couple things from Psalm 22. Without the cross of Jesus Christ, can anybody be born again? Nobody can be. Now, if you're going to declare his righteousness, if any Christian is going to declare his righteousness, yet they're not living right, do you think anybody's going to really listen? No. It's going to be a harder, harder sell. People declaring his righteousness should be living righteous. They're just principle for us. But this end of the world, we see in Psalm 22, is going to be concerning a kingdom that Christ is going to be setting up. Romans 10. Romans 10. Okay, uh, verse number 17. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We know that. But I say... Have they not heard? Who are we talking about? People, right? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words, here it is, under the ends of the world. What is it re- in reference to? The gospel going out until there comes a time when the gospel can't go out. And that's going to be the ends of the world. Okay? We see another context of It's people that are being dealt with. Those that have not heard the gospel of Christ need to hear it before that time comes. Now let's go to Matthew 13 and let's see if we can tie these thoughts a little tighter together now that we have them in our mind. Or at least these verses in our mind. Matthew 13 and also get Matthew 24. Matthew 13 and Matthew 24. In Matthew chapter number 13, what did we say? Well, let's look at 38. Matthew 13, 38. The field is the world. Is that in reference to dirt? Or is that in reference to people? Okay, we get it. See it? Matthew 24, verse 3. Matthew 24, verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? End of the end of the world. This end of the world isn't a geographic location where all of a sudden something ends. No, there's a system that is going to end. And it's going to end when Christ comes back and he is going to set up his kingdom on the earth. When is that going to happen? It's going to happen after the tribulation of those days. It's going to happen after this fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week, which Matthew 24 is talking about. Look at verse 29. Bible says immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven so we have this end of the world that is going to happen after this seventh 70th week of Daniel's prophecy last reference I want to look at for end of the world at least in the context of this there's other phrases but for the sake of time and, and for the sake of staying on topic we're going to deal with this context. Matthew 28, look at verse 20. We know verse 19 Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know what that reference is to? Right now, if someone trusts Christ. He is going to protect you. He's going to be with you. You don't have to worry about it. All the way up until the time of the end of the world. The entire time. He has got you. (laughs) There's going to come a time when the world will end. And now in between. You don't have to worry if you're in Christ, because you are not in this world anymore. Where are we as Christians? In Christ. We have to function and live our lives amongst people who are in this world system. We're not caught up in it anymore. Okay, so we got that. We're talking about in this parable the net, go back to Matthew 13. We're talking about a time frame that is outside of a time period that is outside of this church age right now. And he's talking about at the end of the world, there's going to be some gathering. And in verse uh, Matthew 13, let me slow down a bit. I'll catch up. Matthew 13. Look at verse 49. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth. And sever the wicked from among the just. Um, I'm needing you to go back to Matthew 24 because we need to talk about something. We all understand that the word rapture isn't in the Bible, but the principle of the term is in the Bible, right? The same way that we believe the Bible, even the word, even though the word "Bible" isn't in the Bible. Same way we, we believe in a Trinity, even though the word "Trinity" isn't in the Bible. Those, the whole concept of a triune God. Is. There is going to be a catching away that needs to be distinguished from the second coming of Christ. When we as saints are caught up, who does the gathering? Angels or the Lord? The Lord. When Christ comes back for his second coming, who does the gathering? Angels. And why am I saying that? Because in Matthew 13, stay with me, stay with me. In Matthew 13, verse 49, who is doing the gathering? Look at the verse and you tell me. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, you know why I know this is placed in in this tribulation time because I can run a cross reference from Matthew thirteen to Matthew twenty four, and let's look at it, verse number thirty one, and I can see the same angels. I can see angels doing the gathering. It says in Matthew uh, twenty four, verse number thirty one. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather gather together his elect from four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. In Matthew thirteen, the angels are doing the gathering. I know it's not me, because I'm not gathered by an angel, and you are not going to be gathered by an angel. When we are caught up, we are going to be gathered by the Lord. I know that because. We are like angels. Matthew 22 says, for in the, re- in the resurrection, they neither mar- marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Okay, so we are as angels, according to Matthew 22, and we're not going to be, we are not going to be needing angels to gather us. The Lord will gather us. So Matthew 24, there's no rapture there. You have a gathering of people for protection on the earth. That's what Matthew 24 is dealing with. When we get raptured, which is before that, the Lord is the one who's going to gather. us. So who's being gathered? Go back to Matthew 13. Stay with me. Matthew 13, look at verse 47. Matthew 13, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world? The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. During the time of Jacob's trouble, after the church is called away, there is the fulfillment of Daniel's 70th prophecy. It lasts for seven years, right? if you physically survive, well, not you, but those that go through that, if they physically survive that tribulation time, what happens to them at the end of the seven years? They lived, so they are going to enter into a physical kingdom. Christ's millennial kingdom. He is going to come and come down and he is going to set it up on the earth. And those that live, those that survived, either because they outwitted everybody or just by pure chance, they lived and they entered into that kingdom. Even the ones that didn't obey what they were supposed to obey and run to the hills and do it, go in the mountains and all that. So you know what you're going to have? And the entrance into that kingdom. You are going to have people. That are not living by kingdom principles. And we talked about. You want to declare righteousness. that yet, yet you're not living right. You're going to have people. That are going to enter into the millennial kingdom. That are not fit for that kingdom. But they survive. And so now they're there. And so now this parable. Is dealing with. Okay. What. Is going to be the outcome. Right now. You go out and do an outreach on Saturday. And somebody trusts Christ. They're going to gain entrance into a spiritual kingdom of God. That's the kingdom that they will enter. A spiritual kingdom of God. If the catching away happens tonight. They would be caught up. And they'd be with the Lord. And when the Lord comes back, we will all come with him to rule and reign over a spiritual kingdom or a physical kingdom. Physical. We trust Christ. We gain entrance into the kingdom of God. When Christ comes back for his second coming, we come with him and we enter with him into the physical kingdom of heaven. Make sense? We all got that. But during the tribulation, people will be saved physically. What are they going to gain entrance into? Not the spiritual kingdom of God. They are going to gain entrance into the physical kingdom of heaven, which Christ will set up on earth, his millennial kingdom. But because people haven't believed, the gospel of the kingdom. And because they're not going to believe when Christ sends the 144,000 and we send the two witnesses, they're going to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom is going to come back. And when they don't believe that by faith, they're not going to enter into a, a spiritual kingdom of God. They're only going to gain entrance into the physical kingdom. But because they haven't, by faith, trusted, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to be cast out because they're not. And that's what this parable is, is talking The gospel of grace wasn't preached until after the apostles and Jesus during his earthly ministry preached the kingdom of heaven they didn't preach you, you read all through that they didn't preach the death, burial, and resurrection until after Jesus death died and was buried and was resurrected and they preached that gospel prior to that they preached the gospel of the kingdom that's why they kept asking him, Lord, when are you going to set up the kingdom? During that tribulation, that gospel of the kingdom is going to come back. You know, are, we, are we okay? Everybody got it? Somewhat? Somewhat? Okay, we'll tie up the thoughts here. Uh, look at verse number 40. Verse number 40. There's a connection to this parable the we can tarry. With the same phrase. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be. Here's the phrase. In the end of this world. Now remember we talked about the wheat and the tares. It's out in the world. What are we supposed to do? Leave it alone. Remember we talked about how it can't be in the church because we're not told to just leave sin alone and let it go. We've got to deal with it in the church. Stay with me. You trust Christ right now, you enter into what? A spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of God. Now you're in the church. If there's sin, we deal with that. But out in the world, we leave it alone. When is when is God going to deal with that? Verse 40. When's he going to deal with it? At the end of the world. He's going to sort it out. He'll deal with it. What's the connection between that parable of the wheat and tares? That same timeline is the connection. Verse 49. Verse 49. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. All of this is going to happen on the earth at a later time. Last thing it will be done. Who casts the net? Fishermen, right? Verse 47 that cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. Verse 48 they drew to the shore, sat down, gathered the good in the vessels, cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked. From among the just. And shall cast them in furnace of fire. There shall be wailing gnashed teeth. God. Just like the wheat and tares. God is going to do the judging. In the wheat and the tare parable. You know what we have to do out in the world? We have to coexist. I mean, it's impossible. You can't go to your job and say, well, I'm a separated Christian. What? <laughs> okay, you're fired. I'll just hire somebody. Else. Like, no, nobody cares if you're a separated Christian. That's the, that's the world. Now, we hope you're a separated Christian uh, um, concerning the worldly things, right? If your boss asks you to get into a money laundering program, I hope that we would all be mature enough to say, you know what? It's time for me to go. But we have to coexist out in that world. We have to be able to function and live. Who does the judging? God does when? The end of the world. He'll deal with it. It's the same type of principle in this parable today. There's going to be a gathering, and there's going to be a sorting, and there's going to be a casting, and all that's going to be involved with God judging. The last takeaway, what I want you to go away with tonight is. You trust Christ, you gain entrance into what type of kingdom? Spiritual. The catching away happens. Christ does not, that's not his second coming. He's coming in the the clouds, in the air. We go up with him, we're with the Lord. When he does come back, and he does touch his feet down on Mount Olives, that's his second coming. When does that happen? After the tribulation. Who comes with him? We do, his saints. What do we gain entrance into at that point? The physical kingdom of heaven. He's going to set up during the tribulation. People are going to survive physically. Uh, back in Matthew 24, we don't have to turn there when it says uh, endure to the end and you'll be safe. Is that your soul? No. How do we know that? Because later in the text, it talks about they, those days may be shortened that no flesh It's a a physical salvation. People are going to survive. If they survive that seven-year period, what are they going to gain entrance into? Physical kingdom of heaven. But if they haven't believed by faith, they haven't listened to the preaching of the gospel of kingdom, either by those witnesses or the 144,000, all that, and they still survive, they enter into the physical kingdom, what will they not enter into? With his parables teaching, they will not enter into the spiritual kingdom of God. They got the physical entrance, but they're not going to get the spiritual entrance. Because God's going to do some judging. Angels are going to do some gathering. God's going to do some judging. And they're going to be cast into